Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Morning Inspirations with Victoria J. Um, you guys, we have a guest in the studio today. I'm so happy you all are joining us. But first and foremost, let's do what we normally do. Let's give God some praise right where you're sitting, right where you're standing, right where you're laying at. Let's just let him know that we love him and we appreciate him waking us up with his grace and mercy this morning. So let's get it, guys. Let's pour into God. Heavenly Father. We come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning for the very breath that you have breathed into our bodies, for breathing your breath into our bodies this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for every beating heart, every listening ear, every eyesight to see, every moving limb, oh Heavenly Father. We thank you this morning for your grace and your mercy because we know that it is new every single day, Heavenly Father. This morning, Father God, we thank you for the fellowship. We thank you, Father God, for pouring out your spirit on us this very day, Father God. As we go about our day-to-day, Heavenly Father, let our hearts and our minds stay steadfast on your word, O oh Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, as we go about our day today, Father God, bring us out of the dark into the light, Father God. Let us have ears to hear, Heavenly Father, eyesight to see, Heavenly Father, hearts for man, but most of all, Heavenly Father, let our hearts be for you, Father God. Let us glorify and lift up your name on this day. In Jesus' name, we plead the blood over our lives today. Amen and amen, guys. So welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show, Uh, everyone. I have an awesome, awesome guest in the house today. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest, Mr. Alan Black. Alan grew up in the United Methodist Church While doing so, he proudly embraced his background and personal history with the United Methodist Church. He feels that ultimately what is important is not the denomination that you're a part of. What matters the most is the relationship that you have with the Lord. Part and parcel to any relationship is the level of commitment that one makes to it with any and all relationships, they are going to take time to grow. In the words of Alan Black, welcome to the show, Alan. How are you today? I am doing fantastic, Miss J. First of all, thank you for the honor to be a part of your great program. And I think it's important first that we want to definitely congratulate you on your success with this program and with your ministry because it's a walk of faith for somebody to say okay lord this is what you're calling me to do i may not know what i'm doing but i'm going to trust in you to see how far this can go so congratulations to you and never lose sight of the fact that you are providing a platform for others to share a story because when we share our story, Miss J, we never know how it's going to impact somebody else. That's right. That's right. One moment in time when 
divinely inspired word that you may share or the Holy Spirit may have you share. And that could be the impacting moment for somebody to really begin the process of turning their life around. That's right. That's right. Well, I humbly accept that. I thank you for your kind words. It it is a bit uh, scary, but someone once told me, you got to be bold for Christ. You got to come from behind the veil. Mm -hmm. And the love that you have in your heart for our Heavenly Father, go ahead and display that. You got to be bold for Christ. He needs a little bit. Uh, more of us righteous brothers and sisters to Amen. come on out, come on from behind, be those rams in the bush that he called us to be. And you are certainly one of them. Oh, gosh, where do I begin? Where do I begin? I, I read a sample of your transformations. I did read a little of your Here I Am, God. I'm in the midst of... Let me get the title right. Just a closer walk. Now, I started that one two nights ago. And out of all three, that one caught me. That stopped me in my tracks right there. That one stopped me in my tracks. For whatever reason, it's resonating with me. Uh, Maybe it's something that God is dealing with with me. Uh But I welcome it. I welcome it. But all three, uh, I had the opportunity to read and sample and I'll tell you that's some powerful stuff so well, and I, I won't take any credit for it Miss J because I have come to recognize and this has been a seven year journey for me to evolve into being a Christian author mm-hmm. and so everything that the Holy Spirit is doing is doing through me and honestly in spite of me a lot of times because I never intended to be an author mm-hmm. that's not my background my background is on the music side as a lyricist which i have been doing that in some shape form or fashion for probably the past 45 47 years or so that's mm-hmm. really where my writing started from that's the origin of it mm-hmm. and so that's really what this has been all about for me all this time until Early in 2015, when the Holy Spirit began to move me in a whole different direction to be writing as such. And I'll never forget it, Ms. Jay, because I had retired from my job at the university. I was an educator at the university level. So my background was very much structured, very much organized, very analytical very logical and i'm saying that because it really then became the counter balance for what i was entering to the holy spirit was taking me into in spite of my background in terms of how i normally did things on a daily basis professionally and personally in 2015 I'm still in the mindset of doing a lyric for music because I've collaborated in multiple genres of music mm-hmm. and the creative process from R&B to gospel, even over into country, just to experiment in there. But in 2015, <clears throat> Jay, what happened was I was at my part-time job because I continued to work because I think it's important even after you retire as such, you have to have something to engage your mind. Mm-hmm. 
have to stay active. Otherwise, you just begin to waste away. Mm-hmm. So I work for a hotel chain here locally in Omaha, Nebraska. And my hours at that time were like six in the morning until about 10 or 11 each morning. I work about 25 hours a week just to stay busy. Mm-hmm. And so in 2015, I'll never forget. I'm just sitting at my computer around 6.30 in the morning. It's Nobody's calling in because... I'm in the central time zone, so most of the time for us to start getting busy is probably around 7.30 or so, which will be 8.30 on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there, and I don't really have anything to do, and my computer's sitting there. So I'm like, well, I need something to do. And so I'm not that guy who has a phone who plays games on the phone. That never did interest me. It doesn't stimulate me. And so I began to just kind of, I guess you would just call it just freestyle. I just started putting together some thoughts and some reflections and everything. And so, and this was for my first book, Here I Am Lord. And Ms. J, I remember the Holy Spirit had me to write maybe two or three short essays. And I remember after I wrote the first couple, I got up. I left my desk and I came back about five minutes later. I just went to get some water or something. And when I came back, I could not remember what I'd written. Wow. And that was completely out of character for me. Because again, with my background in terms of academia, that's not how I do things. Right. And to be perfectly honest with you and our audience, it scared me. It really Mm -hmm. did because this was completely out of the norm for Alan. And it happened a third time. And I remember after the third time it happened, I reached out to a friend of mine, a pastor. And I was like, this is what's happening. I don't really understand why it's happening. Am I okay? Because I was really beginning to think, am I kind of falling apart because something strange is happening? And so he said, well, are you going to be open to what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do? Mm. Now, I just, I can sit here this morning in front like, yeah, I'm ready for this, man. Let's do this thing. That's a lie. It's a lie. Because when he was asking me that question, Ms. J, I said, "Mm, I don't know about that, man. That's kind of, that ain't who I am. Mm-hmm. He said, well, I just have to ask you, are you willing to be obedient and follow what God's calling you to do? I said, well, okay, let's give it a try and let's see what's going to happen. But what I want our audience to understand is that, and this is just my opinion, when God is calling you for something, I tend to believe that a lot of times we may get the calling. But we're kind of like, I don't know, God, are you sure about this? Because that was my real attitude. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm not sure if I'm the right person to do this because I've never done this before. I'm not a minister. I'm not an apostle. I'm not a Bible study teacher. I'm just me. So I remember going back and forth with God. I was like, you know, God, I, I know some other people you could ask. <laughs> they're way more qualified yeah. than 
I mean, I'm not trying to tell you how to do things, but I, I'm just a suggestion. Yes. And it didn't go anywhere. I don't know why I was thinking I want to tell God, okay, this is what's best because he's mm-hmm. coming for mine. Mm-hmm. But I wound up continuing just to be obedient. And that is so important. And I'm realizing that now. I wish I realized it way earlier. Right. But, oh, audience, it's about being obedient because if you're being obedient and you say, here I am, Lord, send me. Mm-hmm. He's going to order your steps and he's going to order your steps in a way that's going to be fruitful, but as well in the process of him ordering your steps. He's mm-hmm. also preparing you for where you're going. Mm-hmm. He is purging some of those things that have been holding you back. He is speaking into you what it is that you need in order to continue for him to order your steps and to be successful to the extent that he wants you to be. Mm-hmm. In my case, I just continued to be obedient. And I got to the point where around the end of 2015, I had come up with like maybe 15 or 20 of these short essays. And for the audience, and you've read a couple of them, you you kind of have a feel for them. All of my writings are very short. They're very reflective. They're like two or three pages per chapter in my books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From the first book, there's a very short chapter, and it's kind of a play off a commercial that was running in the early 2000s, I do believe. Can you hear me now? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Holy Spirit had me to write that short reflection based on the fact that so often God is trying to call each of us yes, he is. and he is saying in essence can you hear me now and mm-hmm. so I wrote that and it's now kind of self-revelatory because I finally began to hear him and I began to respond in the way that he wanted me to respond exactly. so for that particular chapter is can you hear me now? And, and part of that is due to the fact that can we hear him when he's speaking to our heart? But in the process of us being hearers, are we willing to take the walk of faith to become doers? That's right. Because That's to hear right. it is one thing, to do it is something else. So in my situation, I began to become more of a doer wasn't a process that happened overnight right it was a gradual process and so i remember we got to the end of 2015 and one of my former students actually wound up working with me at the same hotel place and i shared with her some of my short reflection and she said well mr black what are you gonna are you gonna write a book and i was like well i don't know about a book i don't know what that even means I mean, I read books, but I don't know anything about writing a book. And so she said, well, this is good enough to be in the book, so why don't you write for a blog first? So I had to... (laughs) Right now, I said, well, what's a blog? I don't know what that is. And for the audience, I want everybody to know that 
as a side note, God is not a respecter of your age. That's right. See, for all, for me, all this began at the age of 60. Mm. I'm like, man, I'm ready to just cruise on into the last years of whatever my life is going to be, and I'm not looking yes. to do challenge. So when she's telling me, right for a blog, I'm 60 years old, I don't, I don't even know what a blog is. <laughs> so I was smiling so hard because I've had this conversation with you before and it's just beautiful I don't know what a blog is Miss J I'm like okay well what is that what does that mean I mean is it like some kind of clothing item she just said oh my gosh you're just so clueless I said well, what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about so I said okay I'll go home and I'll research a blog and see what that means so I read up about blogs and she said, well, okay, so now you know what the blogs are. I said, yeah, I kind of do. She said, well, why don't you write for a blog? I said, okay. So I wound up sending some of my sample writings to different Christian blogs around the world. I wasn't expecting a yes. Let me be clear about that. Uh-huh. And sent it out to maybe 12 or 13 of them. And then the very last one I sent to a blog in Singapore called Christian Blessings. So I sent it to her, Miss J, and I'm thinking, well, she's going to say no like everybody else. Right. And to my other shock, she emailed me back. She said, I like this. I like how you're writing this. I want you to write for me every week. Wow. I'm looking at this email. I said, wait a minute. I don't even know what I'm doing. First of all, I'm just now learning what a blog is. You want me to write every week? Mm-hmm. I said, uh, I can't do that. And I said, well, how about once a month? She said, okay, let's do it once a month. And so I was thinking afterwards, I remember I was saying to God, God, what am I supposed to be doing here? I mean, I'm doing, I'm a writer for this thing called a blog. It's over in Singapore. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> Where are we going with this? I mean, and I'm going to be transparent. When we're right. on the journey, each of us are going to have those moments where, in the midst of the journey, something is happening. Right. And you will ask God, Are you sure about this guy? Oh, uh, I don't know about this one. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I remember going into January 2016. I'll never forget this as long as I live. She said for January 2016, and we were having this conversation via email in December of 2015. She said, I want you to write a short reflection for the beginning of a new year. It has to be at least 300 words. And my eyes got so big, I thought, oh, there's no way I can come up with 300 words. 300 words for me may as well have been 10,000. Uh, again, I'm out of my comfort zone and I'm going into these new arenas uh-huh. that I have no experience with. I have no ability as far as in the natural. But what happened toward the end of December 2015, I'll never forget, I was coming home and somebody was playing a, a song, Old Lang Syne. Part of the lyrics, and this is how great God is, he tied in the lyrical side to give me the concept to write as an author. Part of those lyrics, Miss J, say, well, old 
acquaintances be forgotten. Wow. And so my first essay for Christian Blessing in January 2016 was entitled Old Acquaintances. And that's actually in my first book. Mm-hmm. And just what Old Acquaintances is about is this. Each new year, we start out and we say there are some things I want to get rid of, some old acquaintances. Is it you want to start exercise? Or is it that you want to stop doing so much social media? But what are the old acquaintances that you need to get rid of? In my case, it had to be fear of the unknown. In my case, it had to be the lack of faith it had to be the lack of vision so each of us when we go into a new year be it 2016 2024 or 2030 what are the old acquaintances that you need to rid yourself of in order for you to continue to grow and evolve and become the person that you're called to be Mm. To get rid of old acquaintances means that you have to come out of a comfort zone. Comfort brings about complacency. Mm -hmm. Complacency has the capacity to put you into a position where you're going to cruise control. Mm -hmm. Never really accelerate the way that you want or go to the next level. So for me, then going into 2016 with this new challenge that God put before me, now became a situation where I'm writing for a blog and I wound up writing for Christian Blessings for five years. But as I continued to write each month for them, I began to accumulate enough material to put together a book, which was probably by that time, 2017. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm in the position where I have enough material to do a book. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I'm like, okay, let me talk with somebody. Right. So I talked with a guy here locally in Omaha who was an author. I'm not going to name names because that's not fair. I was on the phone with him for 20 minutes. It was the most negative 20 minutes of my life. Right. There was nothing encouraging. There was nothing positive about his advice. And so after 20 minutes, I got off the phone. I said, well, that's what he says. Mm-hmm. I'm not accepting that because you know what? I said, God didn't give me all of this just to sit on it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's going to go, I can't speak for his experience, but I said, I'm not stopping here. So I continued to press forward. I reached out through Fiverr and I sent out a request. I said, well, can somebody help me like put together the book? Can somebody format it? Can somebody edit the book? Mm -hmm. And I sent the request out on a Friday night. I was thinking, eh, maybe five or six months, somebody will get back with me and maybe say yes. And maybe by 20, 
18, I can have a book out. Right. Now, again, that's me in the natural. It's amazing how we look at things in the natural, which has nothing to do with God. That's right. By the next day, I had 32 people that said they wanted to work with me. Wow. Honestly, Miss Miss J, it scared me because I was like, oh, good grief, God, what are we doing? (laughs) And I went through all the different people who said they want to work with me. I wound up working with a beautiful lady in South Africa. She got she got the book edited, she got it formatted, she got it uploaded to Amazon. And I'll never forget the first Friday. In May of 2017, the book debuted on Amazon. And I just sat there and I looked at it. Looked at it for about five minutes or so. I just stared at it. And audience, I stared at it simply because of the fact that I could not believe that I was an author. I couldn't believe it. I was sitting, I was thinking, man, how... How did this happen? You know, sometimes things will happen or God will do things for us or bring us to a certain point that you kind of sit back and you're like, man, mm-hmm. how did I get here? What's going That's on? Right. I have to imagine even with the Paul Street Talk Back podcast, there have been times when you said, man, this is just unreal. How did I get here? Yes. And I had that feeling for about that first five or 10 minutes or so because I just could not believe it. I said, you know what? This is an amazing journey just because of the fact that I wasn't planning on being an author. I had no idea what I was doing. But again, just by saying, here I am, Lord, send me. That's right. That's how I got to that point. In fact, the basis for the title is really rooted in the fact that as we were going through that journey, I kept telling God, God, I don't know. This 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 just this is just too much. I don't know if I could do this. And then finally I got to the point where I said, okay, God, I give up. Here, uh-huh. what is it that you want? Uh-huh. So that's why I came up with that title, just because I finally said, Here I am, Lord, take me. And so for my journey, and as well for all of us, and I'm sure for you with the 12th Street Talkback podcast, there comes a point, and we've heard this saying in, in church all of our lives, but you, you let go and you let God. That's right. And you do so because at some point you realize that it's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. And all God's really calling you to do is to be obedient. And if you're willing to be obedient, then there's no limit to where he could take you. Yes. It took a 60-year-old man who had no idea what he was doing and turned him into a Christian author. Uh, A 60-year-old man who didn't know what a blog was and turned him into writing for a blog. He took a 62-year-old man and had to release his first book called Here I Am Lord. Now, I was still naive because when I released the book and told my friends here in my city, they were excited and, oh man, we got to come to your book signing and we want to get a picture with you. And I was like, why, what's a book signing? I didn't know what a book signing was. Yeah. And so I told my sister, I said, 
they want me to do a book signing. I mean, but that's like for people that write books. She says, uh, you wrote a book. <laughs> you got uh, a book signing. I thought, okay. I did the book signing. I had about 35 or 40 people came by. They wanted my autograph and they wanted a picture with me. And I'm like, it's just me. I'm the same person you see at the grocery store, at the gas station. I'm just, I'm just me. Mm. But what has come out of this as much as anything for me, Ms. J, is the fact that if you are just willing to be obedient yes, and just say, okay, God, I'm ready to do this. There's no telling where he's going to take you. That's all right. He's taking me to then do a second book. And I wasn't even planning on doing a second book because here I go again in my humanness telling God, well, God, I really want to go back and start doing more music. Yeah. Now, I don't know again, why was I telling God again what it is that I want to do? Because God was God is so patient and so long-suffering. He listened to me and me trying to bargain. And then finally, when I got it out of my system, he was like, no, that's not happening, bro. We're going to do a second book and we're going to get ready to do the second book. So let's rock and roll. That's all right. So I said, okay, let's do the second book. The second book is called In the Spirit Intended. In the Spirit Intended. Short, very reflective type of essays. That one, the most popular chapter in that book, more than anything else, is one chapter called A Square Peg. Mm. Now, the square peg is about the fact that each of us have been a square peg at some point of our life. We've been a square peg, Miss J, trying to fit into a round hole. And a lot of times what we fail to recognize is that we're not being called to fit in. Mm. We're being called to stand out. That's right. And so when you are standing out, it does mean a lot of times you're not going to fit in because that's not what God has designed for you to do or to be about. So you are being called to go a whole different direction. Mm. You're being called to go into a whole different arena to stand out as that square peg who's not meant to be tied in or a part of the grouping of those people who are in the round hole. And so I think we recognize that each of us have been a square peg at some point, but at what point do you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I'm a square peg. I'm not going to fit into a round hole. What is it, God, that you want me to do to stand out? Mm. That's what it comes down to. You must have to point. So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going on and on and on. No, 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 no. You just bless my spirit. This is the first time we talked. It was the same way. I could just feel my spirit moving because everything that you're saying, I'm in that season with God. Like, no, 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 no. And he's all he wants is obedience. That's all. And I'm thinking about the fact that, you know what? It took me 60 years to finally realize, oh, you just want me to be obedient. 
with all my academic background, my academic training and everything, I thought to myself, I really didn't make this thing harder than it had to be. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that hard. It just meant for me to be obedient and to then take the steps of faith. Yep. That's what it's about. But part of the reason, this is just Alan's opinion, part of the reason for inconsistent obedience is because we, as human beings, mm-hmm. have the perception that what it is that we want to do, our plan is what's best. Mm-hmm. Our way is what's best. Mm-hmm. That's a part of our humanness. It's a part of our ego. Mm-hmm. But scripture talks about the fact that in Jeremiah, he knows the plans. The key word is H-I-S, his. Mm-hmm. That's anything in there about mine or or, mm-hmm. or your aunt or your uncle or your grandma. It, it says his. And so what I've come to recognize is that there are a lot of times in all of our lives where his plans don't line up with our plans and his plans are shocking to the extent that you look back and you say, I don't even know how I got to this point. I never had this in my game of life. It wasn't part of my plan. You may have been thinking at some point, yeah, I want to do A, B, C, and D. And he said, no, Miss J. The day and time is coming where you're going to do a lot of podcasts. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, God, this wasn't in my plan. The guy can always say, well, yeah, but who's Alpha and who's Omega? That's right. If he's Alpha and Omega and he's the beginning and the end, kind of think we may want to defer to him, but our humanist is always going to make us think that we know better. Or that right. we are entitled, and I'm guilty of this more than anybody, we are entitled to give God what I call our two cents worth. That's right. That's right. Our two cents worth in the eyes of God are, uh, it's not worth two cents. Just that simple. Just that simple. I tell you what, it wasn't in my plans to do a live show. It wasn't in my plans to be bold. I like to stay the background. I said, God, I run for you as long as I can. Mm-hmm. I just like my position in the back. I don't like to be pushed to the forefront. And I believe that God sends us people with a message. That's my belief. And someone said to me, you got to step from behind the bell. First, they said, you know what you got to do. And I said, yeah. And they said, you got to step from behind that veil. Mm-hmm. God wants you to be bold for him. I said, I don't know about that one, God. But here we are. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Brothers and sisters in Christ doing what he wants us to do. You talked about Jeremiah. And the one thing I love about scripture is he says, my ways and my thoughts and my plans for you are higher than you could possibly yep. imagine. So what thought I had or what thought you had for your book or even not even doing a book, just showing up for God in that moment and being obedient 
taking yourself out of the way Mm -hmm. and letting him fill you up with his plans, his thoughts, his ways is more than we can possibly ever imagine. And just think about that. That is so true. And one of the chapters in my third book, Just a Closer Walk, and this is just how the spirit works, it's actually called Beyond the Veil. And the premise of that is we are being called to move beyond the veil because the veil as such can be something that we have in front of us Uh that we say, this is where I need to stay. This is where I'm comfortable. Uh So I'm the same way. In my music career, I was not the person who wanted to be out front. That was never my thing. Uh In the background, in terms of the marketing and networking and co-writing on songs as a lyricist, things like that. So Mm -hmm. I was never out front. So I was behind the veil. But what began to happen, and I'm beginning to see a pattern now when I began my second career at my university, I was being pushed from behind the veil by virtue of working with college students and getting them from A to Z academically as far as getting their degree. Mm-hmm. And so I became a person who was more out front, more than I was used to. But now I'm beginning to see, okay, that was also preparation for the day when God was taking me to a new position outside the veil, becoming a Christian author. And for me, when I started this at 60, Miss J, I look back now and I kind of laugh about because I'm thinking, you know, God, you brought me from a long way because starting at 60, I didn't know what a blog was. I didn't know what Arthur was really doing. When somebody was talking to me after I released my first book, they said, well, you need to go on there and find some places to do interviews. And I'm like, I don't know about doing an interview. (laughs) Oh, that's not me. I don't want to do that. And so, because I want to stay behind the veil. Right. And so I began to seek out opportunities to do interviews such as this. I'm always honored when somebody says, yeah, I'd like to have you on my show. I'm like, really? I'm just me. I'm not so big famous or whatever the case may be. So I've, I've learned a lot of stuff. God has directed me to learn a lot of stuff by his, by his divine leadership. I learned how to do things like find opportunities to network, to learn how to network via, say, Facebook. Uh, I first got Facebook. My kids were like, do you really know what you're doing? No, no. (laughs) I'm just on here stumbling around. They'd be like, don't say, don't, don't write that. And don't ask that question because it's embarrassing. But what do you want from me? I, I don't know. At this time, I'm 62. I'm like, I'm still trying to learn all this. I I can say that learning about Zoom, learning about StreamYard, Mm -hmm. this has been a growing process because when I started at 60 years old, if you said StreamYard, I'm thinking, you mean like a lake somewhere or something like that? (laughs) I didn't know what that was. Or even, I know I'm going to embarrass myself, but hey, I'm, I'm old now. I'm very transparent and very real. 
Hey. Kids were talking about, well, you got to learn to text. I'm like, What's, what does text mean? And they were like, well, we're not going to answer the phone. I'm like, well, why don't you answer the phone? No, you have to text us. They taught me how to text. Mm-hmm. They taught me how to do stuff like use email better or the Facebook. And so it's also important, too, that when we are going on a journey that God's calling us into, you humble yourself and you say, you know what? This is going to be a learning process. Mm-hmm. And also in the process of the journey, God will bring people into your life who are going to be there to assist you with the journey. Uh You learn the process of connection and collaboration so that God could continue to move you forward Uh and that you never anticipated. I think I told you when we first talked, uh, my social media person, when she and I first got together, she said, well, now, Alan, we're going to get you an Instagram account. I said, what's Instagram? She said, social media. I said, well, Instagram, is it like the food or, or what? <laughs> I was going to ask you about that when you first told me about that. I'll chuckle to myself. <laughs> no, it's not food. It's social media. Oh. I said, well, I never heard of it. She says, well, that's okay. We got you. We'll take care of you. And so I've got Instagram. I don't know. I'm still learning how to use it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, you humble yourself and you say, I'm willing to learn. Part of being obedient in my Christian experience is you humble yourself, you say, I'm going to be available and I'm willing to learn. Mm -hmm. Because through the process of the learning and the interaction of what it is you are learning to do, that's how you grow. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's been the case here with you. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. Podcast. You you had to humble yourself. You had to say, okay, I need some help here. Mm-hmm. I need this. I need to go forward. But it's going to be a step-by-step process. Mm-hmm. So for each of us, with whatever journey that God's calling us on, number one, be obedient. Mm-hmm. Number two, humble yourself to the extent that you say, well, you know what? I'm not sure about this one, God. How do we handle this? But what you find is that God has that ram in the bush at the exact moment that you need it. And somebody will come along and they'll say, this is how you can do this. Let's work together and I can get you there. Uh And when you look back through your life, each of us have been blessed by so many occasions what God has provided us with a ram in the bush. That's another chapter in my third book as well, because each of us have had rams in the bush right when we needed it more than anything else. Mm -hmm. That ram in the bush might have been somebody who told you, you know, Victoria, you can do this. Mm -hmm. Or it might have been that ram in the bush that said, Ms. Shane, what you're doing is good, but you know what? I got a feeling God's got something else for you. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that ram of the bush is so important because it can uplift you. It can open up your mind and your spirit to whole new realms that you didn't think were possible. That's all right. That's all right. I love your story. I told you I started reading a little bit of your books. And I just want to read for the audience what captured me in just a closer walk. You said here... 
very often at the point in my life I find myself looking around at those things around me. I've always had a sense of appreciation for what others are doing in life to a certain extent. Now I've been told that in some respects, I am a bit of a nerd. Well, truth be told, there's a lot of truth to that. It is something that I have smiled at and said, well then, okay. In my observation in life, I've made it my desire to view and experience what other people are doing in life. Each of us is doing something that is on a daily basis, is quite often at the very core of our lives. Most, like most of us, I know different people who have worked or are working in different fields. Those individuals have decided that their particular skill or talent will be best utilized in what they choose. This is the part that I love the most when you talk about your friend and the blank canvas. That's it. Tell my audience about the blank canvas. It drew me in. Like I said earlier, I read samples of all your books, but just hearing you, it grabbed me when you talked about his skill as an artist and the blank canvas and what thought it gave to you. He has been like one of my mentors, Miss J. And so what fascinated me about him was the fact that he could look at a blank sheet of paper and he could conceptualize an idea or a concept to then fill in that blank sheet of paper, i.e. that blank canvas. And what the Holy Spirit had me to start thinking about was the fact that each of us, Ms. J, when we come into this life, we are that blank canvas. And in the process of your journey, from the time that you are born until you leave this world and go back and be with God again, each of us as that blank canvas are experiencing things in life, we're interacting with people in life who are beginning to impact that canvas called our life. They're putting something in your life that's helping you to become the person you're called to be. Mm -hmm. It could be parents who are teaching you. Mm -hmm. It could be the school Mm -hmm. people that you were associated with. Mm -hmm. It could be the experiences that you grew through within your church environment. Mm -hmm. It could be the experiences and interactions of other people that you grew up with. Would you begin to see how they are moving, what direction they're heading in? Mm -hmm. And so in the process of that, God is strategically, in my opinion, placing these things in your life for a time and a season where they are now beginning to start to fill in that blank canvas. Everybody comes in here as a blank canvas. And there are things that happen that might seem minor at a moment in time, but when you get along the road in life later on, you realize the impact that it had on you. There might've been somebody in Miss J's life with her blank canvas that told her maybe when she was 10 years old, you know what? 
God's got something really special for you in store. You have no idea what he's going to do, but just trust him and be faithful. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like a cliche maybe when you were 10. Mm-hmm. When you got older, you're looking back now and you said, you know what? I see it. That's right. I recognize it. Mm-hmm. And I'm receiving now what it was they were talking about then. That was a part of that canvas being filled experience that's continued to shape, mold, and define who you are and the essence of who you can become over a period of time. So I wrote that. That's probably the most popular chapter in this book because people look at it and they say, you know what? I see myself as a blank canvas and I'm now looking at the people who have painted onto this canvas by their words, by their deeds, just by their presence, or just by their spirit mm. to help me to become the person that I am. And so that's what that was really about. When I look at that now, I look back, I think about my parents. I think about some of the friends that I grew up around. I think about, for me, one particular conversation I shared with you the last time we talked, the first time we talked, a conversation which was in the fall of of 75. That's been Mm -hmm. 47 years ago, 40s, something like that, where as a lyricist, I was just starting out, had an idea for a song. I went to my college professor who was like my mentor. I was scared out of my mind. I let him read it. He said, you know, Alan, you got some potential here. You need to keep writing and keep growing. That was a conversation 47 years ago. But that was a part of my camera's experience that continued to make me move forward Mm -hmm. and continue to grow. And so those are the kind of things that I look back on now. I look back at things that my parents were trying to teach me and they modeled by their behavior or my grandparents or my uncles or my aunts. And I see it now. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that a lot of times in this canvas experience, we see things in a moment, but the real impact and the meaning of it isn't for then, it's for later on in life when you come into a fuller understanding of what it really meant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really the inspiration behind the blind cameras. Again, because of the fact that God is giving you this canvas called life. Mm -hmm. He's ultimately the painter, the creator. But strategically, he's allowing things and people to come into your life to be a part of that painting of the canvas for you. Yes, he is. Yes. And you have been a blessing to us this morning. I mean, when I first talked to you, I was blown, completely blown away. I don't remember how long it was, but it was just so uplifting. You're such a humble, humble person. You're an example of what God says in his word, your former days will be better than your latter days or your latter days will be better than your former days. And this is a prime example to anyone listening that he stands true to his words. Absolutely. He stand. you just got to trust him. Be obedient. Be obedience. I always say that obedience is better than sacrifice. It's, that's the truth. Just opening up your listening ear, clear your ear gates, your heart gates for God. Open up that ear to hear from him when you ask him something. One of my seasoned uh, people in my life always say, 
you know, when you ask God for something, ask him that one time when you lay it at, at his feet. Mm-hmm. Ask him that one time. Don't go back and keep begging and saying the same prayer over and over like a small child would do for a piece of candy. He heard you the first, first time. time. But you have to be obedient to the answer that he gives you because mm-hmm. his answer is not going to look like the answer that you want. And sometimes it's a waiting process. You know, he's got to get the glory out of that thing. So maybe it may involve 10 more people to get you to that thing that you you asked him for. Definitely. Tell us a little bit more about the books that you have available and where we can find them before we go. Because we talked about so much. I just... I said, you know, I'm just going to let you have the floor. So tell us about the books and the order that you wrote them and what they mean to you personally before we leave today. The first book is called Here I Am, Lord. And that's the book that I released in the summer of 2017. The second book is called just, the second book is called In the Spirit Intended. That book came out in the summer of 2019. That book actually in July of 2019 earned me recognition as a best-selling author on Amazon. And I'm just completely overwhelmed by that experience. So grateful for that and just so honored to be recognized as a best-selling author. The third book, which came out about a year ago, is called Just a Closer Walk. Uh, that's an e- that's actually an ebook for that particular one. I didn't do a, a, a hard copy. Uh, Miss J, each of my books are basically a reflection of my life. They're a reflection of different experiences and things that I have gone through and I have seen, and just different concepts that the Holy Spirit gives me that causes us to kind of look back and reflect on. My chapters are only like three pages long in each book. Mm-hmm. So that it gives you time to just really kind of sit down and just kind of think. Like in the first book, Here I Am, Lord, talks about, can you hear me now? Mm-hmm. Are we willing to hear what it is that God's calling us to do? Another chapter in the first book is called A Charge to Keep. Each of us has a charge from God. Mm-hmm. What is it? And what's he calling you to do? And so I write in that domain where I'm just trying to be very down to earth. Uh, most of the feedback that I've gotten, people say, you know, it's down to earth. It's not way up in the sky. They said, I can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Identify with it because by definition, I'm just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be 69 in the end of April. I'm just a regular guy that God has chosen to be an author. And like I said, when we first started out, had no intentions of being an author. That was not my plan. Even after three books, I'm still sitting and I'm just like, I'm just having, it's just hard for me to believe. It's like an out-of-body experience. Mm. And so it's just about being o- obedient. And I'm gonna, uh, my website is Alan. Allenblack.com. I had, to, I had to stop and think, yeah. It's allentblack.com, A-L-A-N, the letter T in the middle of there, alantyblack.com. And so there you can get information on my books there, the three books. I'm going to close out. Let me leave this with 
our audience. And it's a story my father taught me and he reversed it. We always talk about in the Bible about Peter walking on the water and he sinks. And everybody, he said, as a rule, focuses on the fact that Peter sank because of his lack of faith. Mm -hmm. But my father, Ms. Jay, said, I want you to look at it in a different way. My father said, what were the other disciples doing? They were in the boat. He said they were probably in the boat because the boat's a place of comfort. Mm -hmm. My father was telling me, he said, you know what? You can't walk on the water. Rich Jay, you can't walk on the water if you don't get out of the boat. He said, are you willing to get out of the boat? You may sink, but God won't let you drown. Yes. He said, never forget the fact that the boat's a place of comfort, but the people who are going to go somewhere, they get out of the boat and they're willing to take the chance to walk on the water. So that's why I leave the audience with is, you can't walk on the water if you don't get out of the boat. Amen. Your faith, your obedience, and your ability to say, yes, God, I can do this. I receive that. I receive that. Well, guys, if your spirit is jumping in the side of you like mine is jumping inside of me, go visit Alan Black over at his website, www.alantblack.com. I'll post that in the show notes for you guys. Um, head on over to Instagram, Facebook, follow Alan. I'm still learning, though. I'm still learning. Hey, it's okay. We are all still learning. I'm still learning my way around this thing. You said one key thing in the beginning of this. It's about helping, willing, having the ability to to be willing to learn. Mm -hmm. And someone having the ability to be patient to help teach you. Exactly. And that's what we're all about in this community, in this family over here. Guys, thank you to Mr. Amazon best-selling author, Alan Black. I thank you. Thank you so much. You're a part of the family now. Anytime you want to come on, just chop it up or tell us about a new project you're working on. You're more than welcome. I'm going to continue to reach out to you. You're an inspiration to me, my brother in Christ. Thank you so much for giving us your valuable time. Thank you. All right, guys. Peace and blessings to you all for joining us. If you didn't get anything out of this powerful conversation, I'll leave you with this. This is an example of God doing what he said he would do. Your latter days will be better than your formal. Peace and blessings to you all. Until next time. This podcast is a production of Unfiltered Studios. If you would like to know more about joining Unfiltered Studios, please visit our website at unfpod.com for more information.